Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. Hey, it's me. It's Paranoid American. And today I've got one of my good friends, another Florida boy. Yeah, there's going to be a trend. I I do the best I can to invite other Florida people onto this show because we're something special. And what we got is someone extra special today. Joe Roop, founder of Fringe.fm and just all around the most magical guy I know in the South. And I would I will punch anyone that wants to disagree with me on that. I don't care what you got to say. Once you get south of Mason Dixon, Joe Roop's your guy. So yeah. <laughs> first of all, tell people who you are and where to find you. And then we'll get into the, to even more about Joe Roop. Well, yeah, I'm a radio producer, podcast host. Uh, I've been doing Lighting the Void podcast since 2013. And then I started the radio station, uh, Fringe.fm, at 20, around 2015. Um, you're what 25 now so that was like five years ago yeah yeah i'm 41 now yeah (laughs) so like uh so uh and i've been a you know helping people get out of body and practicing i mean i'm a practicing occultist pretty much i would say but that word occult is uh not really a thing anymore you know so um why not i dig the mysteries 
Uh, well, I, it's definitely a thing, but that sounds like a hipster thing to say, you know? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But, uh, we don't call it occultism anymore. That's what, that's yeah, what the, yeah. we call it reality. It. Yeah. No, call um, it simulation. No, it's just like the occult was cool in the early 1900s when it was really secret, you know? Like, you mean when it was just it was, for rich people? When it was, well, yeah, when it was super, like tattoos are cool. You know, in the 60s and 70s, and uh, the occult was cool in the early 1900s. You had to be a real badass rebel to be an occultist back then. So didn't you have to be like a like a rich person too in order like to even afford some ancient manuscript or like grimoire? Like those were coveted by royalty. So you were yeah. up against money bags. Yeah, the royal people were always trying to get the latest occultist in their corner all the time, you know, the latest, whatever. But, uh, yeah, man, you had to be taken seriously to get into the, the golden dawn, right? Like people had to know that you were serious about what you were doing. And it, and it was a lot, it was like politically stupid, honestly, when you take a look at it, it's all, uh, playing. It's all like ego stuff. You can tell, but, uh, now there's, what I mean is, is, People are getting out of body. Everybody's reading the tarot. Uh, everybody's there's so many people into this stuff now. It's not like, like isn't that good though? It's not a good thing. I, th- I think it's great. I do. Yeah, but but I want more people to stay open minded. I don't want people to get like into the occult and be like, well, this is it, man. This is the secrets of secrets, right? Like, I don't know if that's even possible to do. I mean, it, it, you can't say that now. You'd have to you trick know? yourself into believing that because the more you yeah. like. Like you can never get the specifics because the the specifics I think change too much, and that's that's what a lot of the occultism is. But like as above, so below leaves so much room in between, right? Like what about yeah. all that stuff as it's becoming the as above, so below thing? Like it doesn't just flip between two binary states constantly. It's like this weird spectrum thing. But but before before either of us go on tangents, you were saying that the royalty always used to have an occultist in their corner. And I believe even up until Nancy Reagan, she uh, Nancy Reagan, she had an occultist. Like they would do seances in the White House, and um, they might have even been making decisions based on astrologically favorable times for military or financial or political movements. Right? Do you think mm-hmm. that still goes on for like every single president and every world leader, or is it just the the kooky ones? Not every world leader. I, I would I, I think it it does go on though for sure. Like, like you and, think uh, every president in the past, like Trump and Biden and uh, Obama and everyone before them, all the way down to Reagan, you think they've all had some kind of occult? Even if they ignored them and they just like stuck them in the, in the back closet, do they have like an occultist on payroll at all times? I'm gonna say something weird. Like I don't know, okay, but I think I think they should. I think because. Everybody's on the everybody's on the panel. Like if they, you're talking about like if they had advisors or like that. Here's my yeah. room of advisors. I mean, Pascal's wager right. in reverse, right? Like just yeah. in case the uh, you know, even just in case the psychic can really find the missing kid. You can yeah, on the yeah. police detective squad. I think they should because it'd be kind of like that movie, The Fifth Element. You know, where you got uh, Henry or or uh, Cornelius, the guy that's in there, and he's you know because you have to. If you're going to rule the world, like you're going to be the number one power in the world, 
you have to leave a little bit of room for something unknown, mystical or metaphysical. I mean, he might come in and say, just give me what you think. Yeah, go away, whatever. But, you know, he at least, I think there should be one there. That's what I think. Have you ever been an atheist? Negative. Never. Never. Have you ever, have you ever even considered it as an option? Absolutely. Well, at what point did you consider atheism as an option and what talked you out of it? Well, the, the definition of God, first and foremost, uh, a creator. So that's a, that's kind of Don't a tough you start question playing semantics me. with me here, Joe. Yeah, I got this to, though. English I got lesson. to. So God, I don't, I have trouble with that word. I still have trouble with that word. Right, creator, creator. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this Grand place Architect. has to have been created. Well, well, when I had the out of body experience, man, that changed everything. Um, that changed like, cause that's when I was thinking about all that stuff. I was like this, we could just die and be worm food. And this whole thing is, is just some big stupid experiment or whatever, you know, because there's no evidence to show anything. I like evidence. Or even I, experiment I wanna, almost implies you know, someone yeah. observing the experiment. Yeah. Like I'm not the kind of guy that's just going to believe you because you're telling me something, you know, like I want to experience it myself. Right. Like I want to, that's why they, the occult magic and the out of body experience is the only thing that I'm rock solid on. It's the only thing I'm rock solid on everything else. I'm just like, hmm, maybe, you know, so for a brief amount of time, you might have considered atheism, but then you had an out-of-body experience and that shattered any hope of you ever giving atheism more credit. Yeah, yeah. And wh- but what was, like, what was the thing that initiated the out-of-body experience? Were you actively trying to do it or did it just happen to you? Yeah, so I was working a job as a tier two tech support agent. I just quit a sales job. Cause I started asking questions and talking about deep things and that's all my mind. It just wouldn't go away. And so I you got another people job. up like, Hey, do you need a new refrigerator? Also, you know <laughs> well, what yeah. was really like, yeah. So when I got the tier two job, I was listening to Robert Monroe's books uh, about the out of body. I don't know what led me to that book, honestly, but it was the coolest find I ever found, you know, for me. And so I was taking breaks at lunch. I was coming home, I mean, to work. Might as well have been my second home. But I was coming to work late and stuff because I would literally go to the park, listen to these books, and then try to get out of body and stuff at the park, you know, during lunch, like lean back in my car. And doing that. Yeah, you can. You can, but it's this is Little Rock, and this is not This is like a good side of Little Rock. Well, you can go but, work inside in, in that case. But... uh yeah, what what was the question again? That, so that changed that changed things for me. Yeah, when so, it so you were out. actively trying to do an out of body experience by practicing it, and when yeah. you, it finally hit one time, and that convinced yeah. you that there was something else. Yeah. See, here's the thing: like, there's people believe the out of body experience that the one that I'm talking about is not what some people are calling the astral travel or what they think is astral travel or whatever. It's like a near death experience. You know, so you literally peel yourself out of your body. You're in a realm where you're more aware of everything. 
your emotions can trigger anything. Your fears can become instantly manifested, and yet things feel way more real than they do here. It's hard to explain. It just there's this weird vibration of this is like the real thing, you know. But it's it's not like you're leaving the matrix because it also feels like a copy. So at that point, when I realized that this whole, I got way more, more questions now. Uh, When consciousness became real outside of my body, then I started getting into sacred geometry and looking at the exactism of everything that's in creation. Right. How how old is this, by the way, when you have this first OBE? How old was I? Yeah. Um, I want to say it was in my, so it was six, 2012. Yeah. 2012, 2013, 2012, 2013. You're in your 20s at this point. So, so I was like 30. Yeah. I was like 30 years old. Okay. Yeah. I was raised Christian and Christianity, like Southern Baptist. Uh, so I never, um, I never denied God until I started getting older and smarter, you know? So I started thinking, right? And then I, yeah. Then I I was like, none of this makes sense. I mean, nothing makes sense. There's all these contradictions. Nothing makes sense. There's no proof of any of this. This It's just a bunch of dudes saying that God's talking to them and everybody killing each other over it. It's stupid, you know? So I, that's kind of when I started leaning towards the mystical route, you know? And I would go to the libraries and just kind of work, not the libraries. There's a, a, a bookstore called Hastings. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, we, it's we a just book. Barnes & Noble. That was, that was it. <laughs> well, it's one of those old stores where you could actually rent videos, but they had a bunch of, like, a comic book section, and it was a cool store. But back in the back, uh, they had books on one side of the store, and I would go back there to where the... Uh, it was called the metaphysical section. And that just opened up the world. I just started reading those books, man. I was like, a lot of this stuff makes more sense to my mind than what I've been reading. You know? Yeah. What was, do you remember the the first one that you were like, wow, this is, this is a big deal now. The first book that I read, honestly, wasn't anything crazy. It was a book called conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And the first three or four chapters kind of just opened the doors. As soon as, as soon as I started going down that road, I wasn't stopping. And then I, I started getting into Edgar Casey, And then I started getting into like David Icke stuff, you know, because okay. that, that's big, a big jump, right? Big yeah. Jump so, between those two. so, so my brain works weird, right? So once you start showing me things that might be true, then it, all these other doors start opening up for me and I need to check. I'm like, wait, if this is real, then what about this? That's how I made the jump to David Icke. And then once he started talking about reptilians and stuff, I started backing out a little bit, backing out a little bit. What do you mean? Once he started, that's like, that's like his opening <laughs> in my, in my, in my world. Right. Like when I first started reading it and I'm like, eh, these dudes talking about reptilians, you know, like I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Not not that I don't think there there could be reptilians. I don't know. I mean, Juan seems to believe they're below the DMV. You know, we'll, we'll, so we'll get into that. Don't worry, we'll get into that later. 
But anyways, my, I jumped around a lot is what I'm saying. Well, no, it's, okay. So, but at this point you have an OBE, it convinces you that, you know, atheism is, is not everything that you think is out there. And now you've got like this experience where you were in like another realm that felt just as real, but also just as fake. So th- uh, I got the first question I have though, do you, do you think that's the same experiences like psychedelics would that replicate what you're talking about or is that a completely no. different thing is it's totally I've, I've, how, how would yeah. you have would you are you uh qualified to the, differentiate the two i would say that i am i've, okay, I've so, tripped acid quite a few times i've done dmt i've done mushrooms yeah so how would I've, you uh really describe the difference between a psychedelic out-of-body experience versus this I, i'm assuming it was a sober OBE. Yes, it was a sober OBE. I wouldn't have it any other way. So, like a psychedelic experience is. You ever is, done salvia, Joe? I, I'm afraid of it, dude. I'm, I'm just that, afraid was that a of no? it. Yeah, that's a no. Oh, right? dude, you're you're I've in done, Florida. I'm in Florida. Well, I've done DMT, but like I've li- I've I've uh, I thought that was the biggest thing you can do is DMT. Oh but no, my friend. I'm, Oh, I've no. watched some people do salvia and, and they're literally like drooling on themselves. I'm like, that yeah. don't look fun to me, man. I don't uh, want to do go on too much of a tangent, but the second you even see someone like on video or doing it in front of another person, they're already doing it the wrong way. The best way to do it is basically by yourself in a dark room, the fans off, the lights are off, like no movement. Like you should just do it and immediately lie back in a dark bed in a dark room and someone closes the door and puts a towel under it to block, like literally block all the light out and then just listen for crashes or like someone getting hurt and then intervene. But otherwise just, uh, just let it ride out in, in absolute isolation. I don't know if I'd rec- rep like a recommend like <laughs> salt room or like a, like a full blown altered States isolation tank. But yeah. the second that you're doing it in front of another person or have an audience or you've got lights or sounds, every single external stimuli that gets triggered while you're on salvia just pulls you a little bit more and more out of that realm. And it's not a good experience if you're constantly getting pulled out of it from all this shit going around around you. But if you do it to where like there's no other external stimulus and I'm, I'm, I mean really like a fan, like just feeling air hit your skin will remind you like, Oh, I have a physical body and I'm in this physical realm and you don't want any of those reminders on salvia. That's where people go wrong. Is because yeah, they do it, it freaks and then them they bombard themselves with things that are keeping them in this realm and not allowing it to go into the net. Just yeah, just trust me on this. I I I know a lot of people that have done a lot in Minecraft. I'll just say that. I don't like. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm pushing like, it. Make no mistakes. I'm pushing this on you right now. This is pure. Yeah, I know you are. I know it's okay, but uh, it's not my thing. People like don't the, push like, LB enough, bro. Everyone's too afraid of it. I'm telling you, it's it can be <laughs> your friend. Anyways, anyways, it's peer pressure. Well, what, what, we're going to leave you out of this. I'm just going to assume everything that you described that's different between a sober OBE and a psychedelic OBE doesn't apply to Salvia. And we'll, no, we'll, I don't. Let me be the expert on that version of it. I think if I think you need to have because I've had an out of body experience on DMT and it's nothing like the same. Like DM, D, well, it, all right. So DMT made me feel like I was actually dying. At first, right? Uh, but the OBE experience, there's still a magnetic kind of weird pull to your body. No matter where you are, you you can you can feel that that kind of 
pull back to your body. Do you think you know? that's the silver cord? I think when people refer to the silver cord, I think that's what they're talking to. It's not like an actual cord or whatever, you know. Uh, but uh, it and it also depends on different states of consciousness too. So with a with a conscious OBE, you're and you have an intention. You can go and do this intention, whatever. There may be some distortions you have to figure out. A lot of times with psychedelics, you're not you're not in the driver's seat. You're just not. That's the only difference. And there's there's there can be more illusory um, distortions. Even even with DMT, because I mind of saying DMT gives you the most control out of the options out there. Almost everything else is such a disassociative that you're kind of in. You're not even the back seat. You're like <laughs> you know you're flying behind on like a paraglider, watching That's, the rest of the world. Yeah, but with DMT, DMT I felt you to like like laser focus in on fractals and pull it up and look bigger. And it doesn't just kind of like float away and dissipate like on other ones. I didn't do DMT. The, like I didn't take that third hit. So I, I didn't fully get out. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I couldn't. Cause when I got to that second one, they're like, hit it again, hit it again. You know? And it was, it's like tire rubber. And I was already kind of like, it felt like I was <laughs> slipping already. Like my body's like slipping. Right. And they're like, hurry, 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 hit it again. And I just couldn't. Well, I could barely dude, even hold that's in. That's another smoke, thing man. with salvia is a lot of people, and I, I know this, it's so foreign, like the, the the tiny niche of people that even know what the hell I'm talking about is so minuscule, but the, there's a difference between taking salvia and not breaking through, and then there's like a breakthrough, and it, it's a world of difference. And I know how weird that sounds, but it's the only thing that I know that truly has this like cliff that, you can get up to the edge of it and you think you think that that was the experience. You're like, oh, wow, I don't ever want to do that again. That was that was crazy. But then there's like the part where you jump off the cliff and you are in outer space and you, your yeah, body done, is now a gone. cereal box yeah. and you don't even realize that you're a person or that the world exists or that rules or air exist. Like once you get into that realm, it's a completely different experience. And I think that that's probably similar maybe on DMT too, where like you yeah. can get to the edge of it, but if you don't do that third hit, it's almost like you walked all the way up to the door and opened it, and then you were just like, "All right, maybe next time." <laughs> and that that happens too with the with the conscious OBE experience. Like if you get to the vibratory state in your body, your body will feel numb, and then it'll 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 start humming or vibrating. And then really? like yeah, and then if you can't peel yourself out of your body, right, uh, you'll see things like you'll you could see shadow figures, you could see entities for a little bit. You could see weird stuff happen for a little bit, but it's like you Freddy don't really, Kruger, like like being yeah. able to bring them back into our world. Well, yeah, it's not that. I mean, it's really strange, dude. It's there's no other word for this than strange. When I hear like there's this guy on YouTube talking about, well, I got out of body and I went to the halls of Amenti and I did all this other stuff. Like bullshit, man. <laughs> like there's nobody. There's nobody. I'm just saying, man. Like. Unless you're born like Jesus or something with that level of consciousness, I don't think you're doing these things because this what, is what the if most... it was like I had an OBE. I went and I cleaned out the trunk of my 96 Corolla. I found like some old fries in there. I would believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I would believe that. Right. Or somebody said I had an OBE and I pinched my girlfriend on the butt and it woke her up. I was out of my body in my ghost body 
and I pinched her on the butt. You and believe she that more out. than like I went to the Louvre or I went, yeah, I went and I, I, I went had to lunch with Socrates or right, yeah, like uh, not saying people can't do that, but to get to, this this type of thing that I'm talking about is not like oh I'm gonna meditate and now my consciousness is somewhere else, right? Like I'm or remote viewing or uh, lucid dreaming. This is an etheric, energetic form in your body that releases and it, so how man so how is that different from remote viewing because i guess i always assumed an out-of-body experience and remote viewing were close enough to basically be the same thing well remote viewing i can close my eyes and i'm still here my etheric body's here and i can just see things in other places I'm but if you were good and, and this isn't uh like argumentative i'm like asking questions legitimately here but if you're good at out-of-body experience wouldn't you do that in order to like astral project like like if if you were sitting there and just trying to envision where something's at by remote viewing but you also knew how to actually astral project yourself to that place wouldn't you just do i the think ladder? i think that would be awesome if someone can do that I would do that. That would that's see. Actually, there are people that claim they can do that. Yeah, it's like eleven, so, right? From Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah, and they have different levels in the Monroe Institute. They call them Focus Ten, Focus Twelve. Like these people know what these levels feel like. They can't explain them in words, so they call them. They they explain them in levels. What's the highest you know? level? You know. Oh man, I think it's like twenty. Focus twenty. Focus thirty. Maybe. I think I'm but like focus, a focus 40, but that's cool. Whatever. Focus 10 is like the OBE. Like when you peel yourself out and you're standing in your you know, room watching yourself sleep, that's like focus 10. You go outside, you fly around, maybe you pinch somebody, you know, and there may, there may be some things that are distorted, right? Uh, but you're actually, and I believe this, you're actually consciously there in the sense of the word of presence, not geometry not physical space but present it's something different right like it's physical space is just dense but i also wonder <clears throat> since there's a collective or is it just a copy too i've wondered that like am i peeling myself out and i actually think i'm in the same room or am i looking at a copy you know but if it's well, just a copy then how can i pinch people how can I knock on things? It's really strange. Man. What and if you don't even know if you're a copy, imagine if exactly. that's a possibility. How the hell do you know if anyone else is a copy? If you exactly. yourself don't even know, yeah, man. Just a so brain it gets, theory. Yeah, dude. So it gets this stuff lead. This is where I, this is kind of why I got into magic and the esoteric too, because I'm like, there has to be a system. Even if it's not like even if it's like the flux capacitor. I need a tool set or something to, t to travel. I need something to keep me guided to where I'm going. I need a map. That might be a bad example because that one's obviously fake. <laughs> yeah, right. So, But the Kabbalistic tree that, that's been through, like that's such I am, that glyph that's been here since Egypt is relatively a good map. You can use it and tell yourself the, I was in this realm. Does the flux capacitor have a link to an and ancient Egypt hieroglyphic. I think I think the tree of life is the flux capacitor for conscious traveling. That's what I think it is. 
but it, it's just a tool. It doesn't mean that there isn't something way cooler or more advanced or it, that's nothing. It could be, but it works, right? Because if you listen to Robert Monroe's tapes and stuff, this guy was all over the place and he's intelligent and he got out of body more than anybody I know. And it was still, this place is so illusory. It, it's insane. He couldn't eat to he all he was trying to do is find parallels and he couldn't because everybody's brains are different. Things are filtered different, you know, but the one parallels that he would find would be people can get out of body. They can get to focus 10. They can see themselves sleeping. They can travel to places together. They can even see the same things. There was enough experimentation to know that was real, you know? So, uh, Yeah. Magic kind of showed me that this astral realm or astral light that Elephus Levi is talking about is a name they gave it where these, it's like the blueprint space before things come into physical existence. You know, it's like the 3d printer. I already know a few questions that I'm going to ask about you and, and a little later, like 15 minutes from now or something. All right. Hold on just one second. Can you pause it? Yeah. One second. Hello. All right, we're back. We're recording, You're recording this, Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe got pulled away because he got uh, hit in traffic because of Florida. I just it's part of the Florida lifestyle. Mm. You get hit in traffic every once in a while, so yeah. he got pulled away. And what we were ta- what were we talking about? How mu- I don't know how much you want to disclose. Well, uh, so well, so I was because talking to a buddy of mine. Right? Okay, yeah, that's just a buddy of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I asked him about salvia i said you ever tried salvia and he's like is that what they called tuji in prison i said i don't know and i don't think it is he goes man i've smoked that stuff before and i couldn't breathe like he someone told him it was weed but it wasn't weed and i think that might have been k2 or uh yeah like some uh there was one in particular that a a friend of mine might have done <laughs> before there was medical options called Bayou Blaster, and it has a freaking alligator chewing on like you know sugarcane or something with like you know like like overalls and and has like a beat up old hat like it's a it's you know it's a Bayou redneck alligator Bayou Blaster but it's called Bayou Blaster, and that's uh, different. Yeah, and that would make you stop breathing, or it would make people's hearts almost like come out of their chest. That's different. Now that's different than this Delta stuff, right? Isn't it? The what? Like Delta Nine, because I've yeah, I've tried to. No, so we're yeah. so we're talking about um, research chemicals or RCs, uh, and usually these are all synthetic cannabis or like slight variations of them, and they're called like they're just chemicals. They're called like ones like JW four ten or something. I'm making that number up, but another one's sure. like HB two o nine. And what you can do is just order them in bulk from China, you know, Alibaba or whatever, and they just spray them, bro. They'll just line up whatever, whatever random incense or potpourri or whatever the hell you got that you want to call Bayou Blaster, and they just spray it down with the same kind of thing that you would spray your house around for ants or whatever, right? So, it, and then and then as the laws make one of them illegal, someone will go and they'll just like add a little carbon molecule here and then re-release it all over again. So now they've they're like constantly chasing the analogs for these research chemicals. But long long winded 
version of like I think whatever the the your friend was talking about that said it like made him breathe funny or whatever and freaked him out. There's a very high likelihood if this is in Florida, there's a 99% likelihood um, that it was just Bayou Blaster by some Shit. other name. I don't. So we were before I had to run, right? Like I'm, I don't have a car, so I've got people doing all kinds of stuff for me right now, you know, trying to help um, because of the crash and stuff. But uh, before what we were talking about before the break, I had to do that was uh, the out of body experience. Right. And, I do, so maybe the reason why I like the out-of-body experience is because I'm controlling what's going on. It's up to me to get there. Does that make sense? So it's up to me if I get out of body or not and what happens versus like when I take chemicals into my body, which I've done before, I'm on a ride. And there's certain rides I don't want to be on because you can't get off the ride. It's not like you just be like, nope, I don't want to do this no more. You know. And so there's something inside me that fights that a lot. And that's, you also have to be able to give into that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there, that's not good for psychedelics. Like if you're going to fight the ride, right. It's not good. Even, even for certain kinds of weed, you can ask, like when I went and did the out of body talk at Mount Shasta, like Greg from the higher side chats and everybody who's there, they're all like smoking up these triple dipped, you know, we whatever joints, I can't handle this stuff. You know, it's got like the resin spiraled around yeah. the outside and <laughs> Dude, it's Keith and like it's, it's got like crazy rocks and yeah. And like as soon as my body goes on this ride, I'm like, oh man, what did I do? So my brain likes to be. It's not control. It just it, I like to be aware. Um, maybe it is control. I don't want to lie to it you. Is. Maybe the, maybe it is like. I don't want to. Not a bad thing, though. I don't want to be on some ride I have no control over. DMT was cool, right? I actually started laughing as I was slipping away, where I thought I was going to be scared, but I just started giggling like crazy because I just couldn't do nothing. You, I literally couldn't do anything. You know, I have a video side effect of salvia. A lot of people end up just giggling themselves into like a, a a sweaty mess. Yeah, I was with my ta- my buddy. He's a ta- he owns a tattoo shop and. uh New York. When, this is when I lived in upstate New York, and uh, we were all at my pad well, me doing too. it. Where at? Uh, just a little south of Rochester. Is okay. where I, I, I grew up in Oneana, which was a little bit south of Cooperstown, I believe. And uh, I only stayed there for a couple of years, you know, when I was doing this traveling thing. Uh, but anyways, um, I just leaned back on that second, after that big second hit, and I just started saying, bro bro like laughing that's all i could say because i couldn't explain to him what was happening to me you know but they're probably like we know <laughs> yeah that's what he was saying he's like no dude it's, it's just go go with it right <laughs> and it's like i'm about to i felt like like i'm about to leave for real you know and i can see what you're talking about with the dark room stuff because the dark rooms help in meditation too. There is an actual exercise that you can do in meditations where you shut off all the lights, you shut off any sensory stuff. It's better to meditate in a dark room too. Um, so I think that's better for conscious exploration all the way around. But if everything is set in setting with psychedelics, for example, or even LSD, I don't know if that would be the same advice, like go lock yourself in a dark room. It might be an interesting experience. No. 
but there's definitely like go out in nature and go and see like grass and the wind blowing through, you know, leaves and stuff that I think will be way more fascinating than a dark room on uncertain experiences. Yeah. See, I'm all, <clears throat> I have this philosophy called void walking and it's stupid, but it's the thing that I, I didn't know. I thought I made it up, but apparently there's other people that call themselves void walkers that are either playing one video games or they're into music. I didn't know that. But I don't know that to me, it sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yeah. But to me, it's about, you know, you don't, uh, you don't set boundaries for yourself philosophically, religiously, whatever. But if you want to know something for real, if it's egging you enough and you want to know the truth about it, then do it. I mean, that's scary, right? Like that's when I tell people that and they ask me all these questions about magic, I'm like, why don't you just go do it? Right, like go go read Chaos Protocols by Gordon White. You don't have to get into the whole Golden Dawn thing. That's a whole transformational spiritual journey there. But if you want to see how magic works, just pick up a Chaos Magic book and go do it. Just like Grant Morrison said when he was at the thing, just shut up and go do it, and we can change the world. That's what he said to everybody, you know. But what if the thing that I want to do is a, is like or someone not me, someone comes up to you and they're like, I want to summon Moloch as my like companion demon spirit. Okay. Well, you know, like, and, and you, you, that might sound flippant, but I guarantee you there's a subreddit no, called demonology. No. That you can go on right now. And it's just people that are summoning like the highest demons in the hierarchy to help them get over a boy or get, you know, get me an A on the math test. Uh, okay. So I get what you're saying. Right. People need to be aware of how their psyches affect them. Right. Like if you've done psychedelics, you know how powerful your, your I haven't, but a lot of friends that, that I know have, you know how powerful your unconscious is though. Right. Like the, just the human unconscious is a powerful thing. So when I mean, just go do it. You can't be a pussy dude. I don't mean to you can't, you're going to have to realize that if you're going to ride the rides, you got to ride the rides, right? Like, and this is different than I'm on the ride and I can't get off. If you summon something, you better know everything that you're doing. See, that's why there was a process to this. Is that impossible? It seems impossible to know everything I, that you're about to do. It's not in, there is a training ground for magic. It is in the golden dawn, right? Wouldn't that so, be setting up like the rules and boundaries. In a sense, yeah. And you have, but when you do this stuff, you have to tell yourself this is only a system. That's what void walking is, just like the OBE thing. This is only a system. This is only a system that people worked that I would like to explore consciously to see what it's about. So it doesn't mean my system that I've, that I'm working with right now is the strictly the Golden Dawn magical system and a mix of that and the Monroe and Buellman out-of-body stuff. So I'm not just doing one thing, but what I'm trying to do, what I'm void walking and doing right now is I'm seeing if there's a parallel between these worlds that I can work with, right? Like one seems extremely scientific and chaotic and they're trying to get answers. The other one seems kind of wackadoodle eccentric, but they have a structured system of conscious exploration. Now, these people are having the same experiences as uh, parallel experiences as they're exploring consciousness, one is not so controlled where the other one is a little bit, right? So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, 
as a void walker, in my mind, what would happen if Robert Monroe and Israel Regardi met? What would they do? What experiments would they do? Like Israel Regardi, the guy that released all the Golden Dawn material. Right? Okay. When was what that? would they do? Was that like 1800s? That was like 1910, something like that. Like when he broke his vows and started releasing all the books and everything. So, is this how you know about Golden Dawn, or or did you actually join Golden Dawn? Uh, Both. I mean, both. Which started? Did you did you pirate it first, and then you bought the the licensed copy, or what? Well, no, no. What I did was is um, I was uh, painting homes. Now, this at the time I was into Freemasonry, right? And you'll find that into you'll it find or you were a Freemason. Well, I wasn't uh, when I first got into magic. I wasn't a master Mason, you know. Okay, well, so you, you were uh, a fellow craft. I was, yeah, I wasn't a master Mason. Yeah, I, I was working on it, and I was painting houses, and I was struggling, with, I, dude. I was struggling in my life in ways that were different than the struggles in my life now, you know. Um, and yeah, I, I ran a master Mason, then you become a millionaire instantly. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks, right? Yeah, so uh, I love your sarcasm, by the way, because people think you're serious right now. Some people are going to think you're serious. Um, maybe I am. But maybe you are. But uh, anyways, so I, I, I started, when someone convinces me of something, if it makes sense to my brain, I'll try it, right? So Freighter Xavier was talking about, he had this... Uh, playlist called the mystery schools i got into freemasonry because i was into the mysteries not you know it was about being a better man i wanted to change my life you know but it was because i was into the mysteries and i wasn't getting that fulfillment there the way i wanted so i'm painting houses listening to freighter xavier's uh mystery schools when his youtube channel first came out and everything he said started making a lot of sense to me and when that happens i'm gonna go check it out and see so one of the first experiments I did was sigil magic, right? Just to see um, if there's something to it. It's a safe experiment. It's not going to kill me, you know. And sure enough, things were, you know, manifesting exactly as they were as they were written down in the uh, sigils. Do, you know? Doing sigil magic is that like an intimate thing that you like? Could we do a sigil magic over a podcast and it have the same effect as if you didn't? You can, but I th- I think. I think, and this is what he did. So he showed a sigil to everybody that he made. And you can go back into his playlist and and watch this. So he showed a sigil to everybody that he made. Now, if I tell you what you find, it probably won't happen to you. But if you want to test this, go back and find in his mystery school. I don't know if it's still there. I hope it is. But he pops it up on the screen. And he says, just look at it, observe it, whatever. And then tell me something that something odd now the ordinary that you see right here's the here's where the shit gets weird everybody reported back to him personally they didn't just start you know commenting he made it an experiment to prove this to everybody everybody started commenting back to him i found an orange ball just it was in my yard or it was in my house or it was on the sidewalk and the reason in real life they did that yeah and mine, I was painting the house, and I, wa- I picked up the phone. I looked at it. The next day, I went to the house. I was in the backyard cleaning out buckets and rollers and stuff, and there's an orange basketball just right there. And I didn't think anything of it. Because, but all he said was, report anything that's unusual, out of the ordinary. That's all he said. 
And I took the orange basketball and I went to the neighbors. I said, is this your ball? Is this y'all's? But nobody claimed this basketball, dude. I'm like, okay, well, this basketball just came out of nowhere. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it didn't get there rationally. But what I'm saying is, is that thousands of people reported a strange just orange ball showing up before he told everybody what it was, right? And he proved it to what it was. And when that, when he did that, I thought, you know, I don't trust everything, right? But I'm like, okay, I want to experiment with this stuff. So I experimented with sigil magic personally, which is way more powerful. If you only have your conscious involved, it's to me, it's more powerful. Now, there's well, all well, kinds of tricks and methods to do. Before we this, get so. too far along, though, because I don't want to cut you off, but the the orange ball thing is this like a like a ring kind of sigil? Like if you watch it, and seven days later you see an orange. No, ball? it was a weird sigil. It didn't. It there was nothing in it that represented orange or ball. Right, or but anything. I mean, like if, if I went and watched it right now, does that imply that I would in the in the near future end up seeing an orange ball? Maybe. That's an that's a void walking experiment. Go figure it out for yourself. But I feel but but I feel because I told you that it kind of messes up the thing. Like you told me the end of the book, so now I see it coming. Yeah, so your consciousness is going to be looking for the orange ball, right? Well, the way he did it was is all he wanted our consciousness to focus on was something that just seems weird or out of the ordinary. And the the cool part about it was he said, "Here's the trick with magic." <clears throat> The more you desire it and want it, the harder it's going to be to manifest. So when you charge whatever you're trying to manifest and you let it go, really let it go, like you don't give a shit, it shows up. So this is why I did the orange ball, because no one gives a shit about an orange ball, right? Now, if I would have said, if I would have tried to do a sigil for like $1,000 on the sidewalk for everybody, you know, like it would have been way harder to manifest because our desires get involved and all this creation thing does is just mirror what we're saying. Like I want money. And then creation's like, okay, you want money. We're going to leave you wanting money. You know, well, I have money. Okay. You have money. Are you living like you have money? Then it starts getting weird. You see what I mean? So like, it's just a mirror game between us and spirit all the time. And like that, even when you do tarot, it's a mirror. People want to see the future. Show me what to do, and the, what the but the tarot is just mirroring exactly what you're what you're you're giving it. Do you have a it's specific just, tarot? I use the Rider Weight tarot. Yeah, for, everyone seems to just go right to the Rider Weight. I use the Rider Weight tarot for uh, uh, transformative stuff. Okay, but I use Crowley's deck if people, oh, yeah, if people want a reading from me because. There's something about that deck egregorically, in my opinion, that's it was it's built for better for divination, right? It's definitely a transformative deck and a meditative deck, but for me personally, I feel like it's made for it works better for divination. You know, what do you think about like if someone had like a Simpson deck or like a like a Barbie tarot deck? Is it just as valid as a Rider Waite deck? Uh, not, let, well, let me let me preface that. With that, like, if you see the full card, it would have all the elements, would have the dog nipping, would like it, it would still be it, but it would be Ken, right? Or it is, would be Barbie. As long as it's not misleading, like, does it have the Kabbalistic and astrological and elemental correspondences in it? If it has those three, Kabbalistic, astrological, and elemental correspondences in it, I think it's fine. 
Are know? those the only three criteria for making sure Tarot is like, you know, up to snuff? That <clears throat> I mean, that's well. Like, could you yeah. do just like a stick figure? Could you have like an eight-year-old do stick figure versions of yeah, every so tarot if, card as long as it had the elements in the right spots? Yeah, I think you could. I mean, sure, because so the the twenty-two arcana represent the paths on the tree of life. That's what they represent. Before now, I'm saying from the golden dawn on, when the rider weight came out, this is where they put. This is where they made this stuff with. They were told to make their own decks. The 22 Arcana had to have these energies in them. The ten, the 1 through 10 cards had to correspond with the 10 Sephiroth. <clears throat> and the court cards had to correspond with the five parts of the soul and certain parts of the tree, right? So uh, as long as it has that in it, that's your basic stuff, right? So now you got to use color and art and creativity to represent those energies. Uh, back then, like in the Rider Waite, they purposefully hid stuff. Where Crowley's deck, you know, didn't. Yeah, it, it really didn't. Those things. Yeah, it was. Yeah, all of those things. The the so like the different tree systems too, because it gets kind of complicated because you have a tree in each element, right? The elements is a whole school in itself, okay? Because there's different stages to the elements, but there's certain trees in the elements, and he would put all of those colors or whatever in those in these cards, right? So if you had a I don't know if you had like say the the king of wands, which was fire of fire, right? Which is basically the element of fire in the world of Atsaluth. Uh, yeah, is it Atsaluth or Asaya? I, I'm getting them confused at the moment. You're going to be the, the expert level. on this, Atsaluth, <laughs> right? So fire of fire, he would put all of the tree colors in it, all the symbols in it, and even right on the cards, he would have a glyph for the astrological correspondences. The only thing that he didn't write in there was where it was on the tree. But there are tarot decks out now that even have little glyphs that show you where it's on the tree. I have a tarot course that I offer that I have glyphs up on the side that show you where these cards represent on the tree, right? And Freemasonry and the Scottish Rites, whether you're doing York Rite or, uh, you know, Scottish Rite, it's all the same. The one through tens, the Sephiroth, the 32 pass of the first 22 and the 10 Sephiroth, it's all goes back to that, right? It all, it's all goes connected, back. Man. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. So, and that doesn't mean that I have to, what I mean by void walking is, is that doesn't mean I have to take it in as a personal belief system, but because it has so much uh, time and focus and energy and people doing this stuff, that means it works. It, it's powerful. It works in the astral realm. It works all over because we created it because I think we're pretty much creating more than we think we are. I think the creator created this womb we call earth and we're creating the rest, all of it. What, what percentage of a chance do you think that you might end up in hell for believing this and playing with tarot cards and dabbling in magic? 0.5. 0.5% still. There's a small like gambling, because, because, because I always leave a little bit like just for the I could totally be wrong. Maybe there is a why. You know, so why are you willing to risk that 0.5%? Is it just too fat? Like what happens if you get there and they and you show up to the gate and they're like, hold on a second there, Joe. They're like, says here that uh you use the Ouija board when you were 13. Sorry, bud. Like, 
I'd be like, you know what? It says here that you murdered women and children and all this stuff. Is this real? Like, so you you can't you can't fault me for wondering about you too. I thought we were buddies, you know. <laughs> and you kept hidden the whole time. That's not very fair, is it? I, th- so, I can't hear you over the the hellfire. Sorry, yeah, the dude, I can't hear you over the screaming bodies. <laughs> you know, like no, I I it's a zero chance. I put zero point five because. There are literally, because of my upbringing, there are unconscious things that still exist there. Right? Do you think that that you get? Do you think there's even a possibility that you or anyone gets punished after you die, or rewarded after you die, or do you think it all the punishment and reward happens while we're here and alive and conscious? I uh, I think a lot of karma gets served here, knowingly or unknowingly, but. Also, after we die, the I I do believe there's things that we have to deal with um, energetically and karmically. There's people. There are people. I know this is going to sound completely wackadoo, but there are people, quote people, that are stuck between worlds for their own bullshit. They're just stuck. They're not moving on right now. Yeah, they're not moving on to you know wherever the afterlife is. They're not moving on to recycle they haven't totally left the earth they're still stuck there is this like grandma watching you watching porn and being disappointed god i hope not dude because that would i hope not like would you if you if you died would you hang around to watch your grandkids hell no no watch not even well for anything let's just say you're gonna go and check in on them oh i I want to go and see. He was so peaceful when he used to sleep, and I'm sure he's asleep by now. It's eleven o'clock, and she walks in <laughs> and she sees Joe sc- scrolling furiously. Yeah, just yeah, like where's the yeah? yeah. I ain't gonna <laughs> next, say what next, my next, fetish next. is. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, porn. That it's funny you mention that because that's the thing that keeps people stuck between worlds. What what I mean <laughs> is. Yeah, what I mean is, so I'll give you an example. I've talked about this on a podcast before. I'm not, I don't, I'm different, dude. Like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but if I'm attracted to one person that that I'm, I'm a sap, like there is nobody else. Like, if I'm going to do that kind of stuff, I'm thinking about that person, right? I just, that's a predator. That's who I am. That's that's the name for that now. A what? A predator? Predator, yeah. I'm not a predator. I couldn't be a hunter, but I, no. Well, we're start. We're starting with yeah. that as the mold because that's what yeah, you but described. So I don't keep, mean like they don't know, and we're not together. Rough Ashley, my I, I don't mean like we're we're not together. I'm not some weird stalker, right? You know, uh, but I get what you're saying. That's funny. Um, we can keep molding it. It's fine. No, no, no. But in the in the astral realm, so Robert Monroe ran into a guy in between worlds, stark naked. The dude was naked. His etheric body was still naked. And, and you can read about this in his book or audio book. He's like, man, what the hell are you doing? And he's literally trying to jump on top of this woman. And he tells him in the book, these are the literal like words. He's like, I've been trying to get this piece of ass for the last 10 or 15 years. I'm not leaving this place until I get it. He had an obsession with this person. And his, the energy of that obsession kept him stuck in this world. So you can imagine, you know, hell is one thing, getting your body ripped apart is another thing, but like 
being stuck between worlds trying to get with a girl that you're never going to get with and you're just there forever and ever you're watching her with some other dudes like is that the not kind fan. of a hill <laughs> you're just yeah, describing only fans right i now. mean is that not kind of a hill so the guy created his own hell you know we do this with our addictions like i'm a, what i'm personally afraid of is i'm going to take my addiction to sugar and nicotine and you know yeah well i have a third one, sugar, nicotine. And I'm going to take those things into the, that realm and I'm going to be stuck there. Right. Or I'm going to have this psychological obsession that I haven't worked out through my work and my transformation. That's going to be there when I get there. Could I, could I put another one, just plant a, a scary seed? Maybe yeah, dude. whatever. Well, I mean, it, it could be real. Well, whatever it is that holds you back from like not wanting to to hit take that third hit right of DMT, mm. that might also be a version be of attachment to the material realm in the same way that addiction, like being addicted to DMT, would also be something that would trap you in a material realm because then you're using that as an experience, like the experience and the transition and the juxtaposition of being in a normal world and then being in like a, a not normal world. Some people start to look forward to that, to that transition and the difference between the two, as opposed to just like being detached from one. But, uh, that's a, no, no, that's a hundred percent correct, man. Like what you're thinking about is based on everything that I've studied and experienced is a real thing though. Like even if it, dude, even if it's food, do you have an addiction to food of any kind? Because I'm uh, Reese's, anything Reese's, bro. You could, you could do like Reese's covered, you know, owl shit, and yeah. I'd probably try it. Yeah, right. So there, there might be, it may be a small thing, but as you transfer through, you might, something might say, I'm never going to taste a, a Reese's again. I don't, there might be a part of your energy that doesn't want to know, like, know the balance of the cycle your soul knows what it's supposed to do but there's an energetic part of you that has to get in line with that or it's going to get stuck and that happens in this world too it manifests physically you know i've, I've i don't remember what the hell the book was but uh, i think it was rosicrucian roots but that scared the hell out of me is it actually mentioned that it's addictions that it doesn't turn you into a ghost, but what the way that they described it is that let's say you were an alcoholic your entire life. And then when you die, um, your soul or whatever the hell you want to call it, right? The, like this etheric body. I'm just going to call it a soul because it's way easier. Yeah. So, so your soul sticks around and it attaches itself to another drunk. And now he's drinking for two, right? He's like a pregnant uh, drunk. So he, he's drinking for himself. And now you're also like attached to him and like, yeah, have some more, have some more because you get the residuals from it. Yeah. But, but you're now only getting the secondhand experience. Bro. So you kind of like force them to do more than they normally would. And that to me, that's scary because two people are affected by that. Right. Like the there was that- somebody talking about that not too long ago, man. And I don't know if it was you or so it was in a book or something where people were going, these astral pe- entities were going to a bar these people stuck between realms. It might have been an occult book club <clears throat> with Juan because I think that's yeah. we covered that in. Yeah, dude, uh, and they—that's yeah, a real thing, I think. Rosicrucian Cosmo Conception. I think that's the and, name of it. And they're literally like uh, invading these people as they're drunk, so that they can get that energetic feeling of that t- of being drunk again. That's right. 
All right, I'll give you another one that I know I haven't talked to you about, but this is freaking wild, and you'd probably see this in a weird comic book. Uh, if you want to think about a hell, so Monroe's astral traveling. You can read this in his first book, okay? He's traveling, and he runs into this just glob of winded human bodies. <clears throat> and he's like, man, what the heck is that? It, it looks like grow too. It's nasty. And the closer he gets to it, all it is is people addicted. It's uh, everybody that has a sexual addictions in this ball of just like nasty, fluid, naked. You ever seen the movie Society? Yeah, it's that's probably what it looked like, dude. Yeah, and he and he said this thing was so massive that he knew oh, that really? it was a, <laughs> it was affecting the world, right? And dude, when we turn on the TV, they have shows like Naked Attraction and everything's about sex. And when I'm on Instagram, girls are making their booty clap. And it's there's nothing, there's there's no soul, there's no love, there's no sacredness. There's something you know, going I've, on. I've seen some soulful booty claps. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean, dude. Soulful booty <laughs> claps. That's funny. But uh there I I think that that's a whole another show, but Sexual energy is the one of the biggest secrets to magic because it, magicians, we believe that that energy created the cosmos, not the orgasm between man and woman. All that is is a microcosmic, um, that's a microcosm example of how we get to experience heaven for a moment, just for a moment with another person that we love. But it represents on a small scale uh, these two energies, this alpha and omega that when it comes together, it creates, right? And we can see this all throughout nature. We can see it all throughout the universe, how, how this is created. And this is what Crowley focused on more than the Golden Dawn did, per se. You didn't even really get into those things in the Golden Dawn until later. And usually at that, by that time, you had a life partner you were doing alchemy with, right? You weren't like, well, you guys are too restrictive. I can have 30 concubines and whatever, like, there's a sacred thing that was supposed to, it's way more powerful than we think. And this is why it's so manipulated on the earth. This is why, this is what, one of the biggest things that keeps us trapped consciously. And one of the biggest conspiracies is if you want to get into conspiracies, we I don't think talk is, about conspiracies on the show. I don't care. I think, I think it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> it is though. That's what's keeping people. Right, we're going trapped. off course, everyone. I know no one here came to hear about conspiracies, but Joe's taking us way off the paranoid rail. American. Okay, <laughs> it's not. It's real. It's real though. Your energy is is a very sacred thing, man. Like it's powerful, dude. Just the energy that you have in yourself is powerful. The masculine and feminine energy inside you is more powerful than you will ever understand. And they, especially between two people. And then now, you, I mean, you look at the state the world's in. If there's anything that's been manipulated, it's that. I got a, a controversial, I don't know, maybe opinion, maybe just ignorant. Maybe I think it's controversial, but it's really just ignorant. But, and man, it's to state the simplified version of this just makes it sound ignorant. So I'll just give you the ver that version anyways. Okay. Um, but it feels like money or currency, like money, Bitcoin, US dollars, whatever, mm. um, cash app, Venmo, uh, mm. li links below. Uh, but like all of these <laughs> things, 
like you can channel the energy that you've got into your in yourself that you're talking about right let's like for mm-hmm. some people they might have like a sexual energy you mm-hmm. can convert that directly into money like into yep. bitcoin and then you can take that energy that you took out of your body as bitcoin and send it over to joe and pay for advertisements and then you use your energy and the literal energy of you know the broadcasting equipment everything to then disperse that into like a region or whatever and like to me it's all the same energy like by the time that someone it is here dude you got talking, it man. Yeah. Like they might have heard like my orgasm, right? Like, like if I'm a nofap and I saved it all up and then yeah, uh, like I, I sent that all out, then it's the exact same energy, I guess. It's the same, dude. That's it, man. It's it. It's everything. So can I pay you? This is what was why you can up. pay me in orgasms. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. No. No. But you can. But Damn. but that. But that's because we're on this earth, and it, I, I need money. That's slower. I, I think I could. But, but I knew where you were gonna go, dude. I know your mind, right? So like, <laughs> so like. But the question is, is when you watch these videos, here's the example how one way of it's manipulated, so that um, that um, naked attraction thing is real big right now. Show the woman's feet. Okay, go up to her knees. Vote. You know, do you, would you date her? The last thing people get to know is see is their face, their eyes, the doorways to the soul. They don't really get to know the person. Well, they, they so might they're be just, a butterface, though. They, they could be. That's a possibility. But I've, I've personally never dated any girl for looks. Not one. Not one. Like, Never. I mean, there, there's a ton of good-looking people, dude. Just watch the movies. There's no normal people in movies. There's a ton of good-looking people. There's, it's just your shell, right? But, but if you think about when you watch those videos of the dudes like, "Hey, girl, duh, duh, duh," and she's like, "Get away from me! You're a stalker!" Duh, duh, duh. And then he walks back to his Ferrari, and then she turns around. She's like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You've seen those?" And he's like, no, no, you know, you didn't want any of this. Now she's literally just going to lay down, right? Because the guy has a Ferrari. There's nothing sacred about that. that well, that's maybe, the total opposite. It, it could yeah. have been the absolute subverting of and like the anticipation, right? Like whatever the preconceived notion was, his ability to smash through that. Just smash the whole in thing. In such yeah. a dramatic way, that well, in itself might be be something deeper than just you know gold digger it's not it is it is deeper than just gold digging and i think people would look at them and they go that's so shallow okay on the surface it is shallow okay but but what's running the systems underneath like what you're talking about isn't because a man that has a ferrari and has all this other stuff is a one of a kind kind of man. He has personal authority. He's well, the emperor. If it's a self-made man. If it's a self-made man, he's the emperor. Right. But in you the don't tarot. know the difference between that at, at the, the the sure. But right? the the feminine, the empress, is attracted to the emperor, right? So the feminine will see an energy which masculine energy is like free. It just wants to be free. It wants what it wants, and it wants to be free. That's it. Freedom it wants what it wants. Wants to be free. Feminine energy wants to build beauty, wants to take that energy in and build a garden around it, build around it, make beauty, make the circle, right? So when you see a man talking to a woman and he's walking down the road and he's just stalking her and bugging her, the feminine energy in her is like, this is, this is weakness, this is desperation, this is typical stuff. The, the empress in her is looking for 
the man that's free that gets what that gets what he wants that 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 kind of thing. You know? What about the fool? Is the, is the fool just like the the fool the is zone? masculine energy? The fool okay. is de- is masculine energy. It's all kind of the it's all works to the same thing. Really, it's all a big story. But but it's not always re- represented by money, right? Like right. That's that's just one of the convenient ways that that we've all agreed that there's a standard way to transfer the energy that comes out of that guy's head or the one that comes out of someone that puts their sexual energy out or like everyone can take their energy and harvest it in different ways. Some people don't know how to do the instant conversion. So then they have to go and like make a physical product or go get hired Mm -hmm. somewhere and make their physical product. But at the end of the day, that's still their energy. They're putting their energy into the thing and then getting paid. And that payment is now like a physical rendering. It's like crystallized energy, right? Yeah, dude. So you got, you know, you understand all this, but you're a Mason too. Like you understand big things, (laughs) but well, hold on, hold on. You said that, that you started getting into this around like fellow craft, but that Mm -hmm. you, you weren't finding what you're looking for. Did you ever make it to master or did you? Yeah. And, but, but it was because, it was because that I realized that there's only three degrees in every stage of the Western mysteries. There, there just is the, the, all, everything else is just an aspect of those larger three degrees. Right. So maybe it's not semantics a little bit though. It's it. it so when it, it all, all of Western mysteries comes down to hermetics. That's all. If you just trace it back, it goes all the way to, back to hermetics and hermetics is as above. So below, the mother, right. the moon, the father, the sun, the moon, the sun, and the stars, right? Theurgy, alchemy, the stars. When you're born, reborn, it represents being born again as starlight. This is the Christ story. This is Osiris. This is the whole story. So when you become a Blue Lodge Mason, right? For the first time, you become a master Mason. You're going through magical rituals to represent. Hey, don't get us killed here, Joe. You're not going to get killed, but you are going through rituals to represent that story in a different way, right? Just like every other religion and every other thing represents those three stages in a different way. But it's all the same thing. The moon, the sun, and the stars. The feminine, the masculine, you know, starlight, right? You could look at it any way you want to. You could look at it theurgy, alchemy, astrology. Matt, there, there's so many ways that I want to drive this right now, but I, but I also want to leave a little cream for the next time. So I yeah, want to sure. transition us into the next segment that I, I gave you a little hint about, but we're just going to run right into it. So, Hey, conspiracy buffs, I double dare you to take some PCP, the Paranormal Conspiracy Probe. On your marks, get set, and go! All right, so now I, you already said that you weren't keen on salvia. Have you ever done PCP before? actual pcp i might have would you be willing to do some tonight for this q a no if it well what if i tell you if you look under your chair that i've got a dime bag of pcp that i had smuggled into your room before we started what do i get what am i because i'm gonna (laughs) take a hit start it so i want you i want you to rate from zero to ten on how much you believe one of these theories and okay. I like don't play word games with me, man. Like just, you know, you believe it or you yes. don't. If you're on the fence, yes. say five and we'll get into all this. If you want to explain yourself. Sure. Zero to ten. There's time travelers currently existing among us today. 
Three. Fluoride was added to drinking water specifically to control or influence the human brain. Three. Free energy technology exists, but suppressed by whatever governments, business. Like you can't, the only reason you can't run your car on water is because you'll get assassinated if you try. Six. Portals to other dimensions or realms exist on Earth. And don't you start playing semantics here. I mean, like you can walk into a freaking, you know, spiraling vortex and then like pop physically out walk into a else. portal. Yeah. yeah. In the physical body. Yeah. You don't just like close your eyes and dream that you're going through a portal and then say that you did. Four. Okay. That's still, that's still high. All right. Th- these ones come in a pair because this is one of my new f- favorite. Anyways, dinosaurs existed. Mm. Like the way, like if you walked into the, the Museum of Natural History in New York and you go over to the dinosaur exhibit and you look up at the T Rex or whatever. Zero to ten. How real is and I don't mean like the the things that it's made out of, but you know, how close do they have it? Seven. Okay. So dinosaurs are are real, more or less. Mm. Dragons are dragons real. Three. Three were they ever like so were they ever real? Was there ever a flying, fire breathing dragon? Seven. Okay. Okay. So you're you're just a three on they they exist today. That's right. You're a seven if they've the probability of that there could have been dragons, based on what I know about science. At some point, yeah. Fountain of Youth is a real physical location that has magical properties. This is a this is a Florida boy question. Yeah, I've been. Have you ever been to the actual Fountain of Youth? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's why no, like no, 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 no. Right? Are you talking about the one that's in uh, Augustine? Ponce de Leon, Augustine? man. Oh, no, I haven't. No, okay. I haven't been to any of those here, actually. Uh, two. The Nephilim, the giants mentioned in the Bible that were, you know, the offspring of humans mating with watchers were real physical beings. Eight. Uh, giants, the giants exist today. Or did they exist within the last 200 years? Six. Bigfoot. You're going to get me crushed. Uh, three. Oh, Joe, we're going right to that one when we're done here. Three. Loch Ness Monster. That one, I would do a five. Five. The Shroud of Turin having magical properties. Seven. Spirit Destiny having magical properties. Seven. Oh, Indigo Children. Define the Indigo Child for me. So Indigo Child, okay, yeah, because I guess everyone's got, uh, but I remember in the early 2000s, Indigo Children were like children that were born with a natural knack for psychic abilities and that you could if you fostered it, if you identified it in your super special snowflake child and you fostered that ability that they could basically become 11 from stranger things and make people's heads explode. I might attack well, that you, last part on, but that's you lost, extrapolated. You lost me at the last part. If you okay. would have left it, well, I mean, so if you would have left it before if the military got a hold of them, that's where it ultimately would okay. end up. Um, 
I, I don't want to get wordy with you, but if there's certain children that have things that should be developed, I'm going to go a seven. If the military's kidnapping them, so they're trying to get them to make people's heads explode, I'm going to go on a two. Bob Marley was assassinated. Ooh. What? I, I can't talk. You told me not to run my mouth, right? So Just give me a number. We can talk about it in a second after, we, after you explain yourself. Five. five? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's respectable. Earth is flat. You're going to get me in trouble with my girl on this one. Uh, three. Three. Okay. Or Earth is a sphere-ish. The if sphere-ish. it's freaking pear-shaped or peach-shaped or apple-shaped, it's okay. Uh, eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find one. Oh yeah, this is this is the last one for you. Aliens helped build the pyramids. Hmm. The off world, not from this world. Oh my god, uh, don't play games with me, Joe. Yeah, no, they <laughs> came from outer space and a freaking UFO. I, I have to go five on that. I know you don't want me to say five on that one, That's but fine. I'm going That's five. Fine, on that dude. One. I, I, these are not for you to like try and meet my numbered expectations because sure, sure, I don't I know any of this crap, man. Okay, so I already gave you a fair warning. We're going right on into the Bigfoot, big which you gave yeah. a, a freaking three, uh, even though you gave giants an eight in the last mm-hmm. 200 years so where's the disconnect why why do you think giants existed but bigfoot has less of a less than half of a likelihood of existing maybe uh maybe not because of the there is evidence of the bones of giants and red hair giants and stuff like that there's mm-hmm. weird stuff on this earth that explains giantism you know and I don't honestly believe that biblical writings are 100% true, but they're based off of mythologies that come from somewhere that are about something that's real, you know? So I think that's why I believe in giants. I think it's a real... Plus, when I look at the human race and, and I see how we're all just different in certain ways, there's some, there's some weird stuff going on there as we became humans, right? Okay. Well, what so, if I told you that Bigfoot sightings date back to well before the 12th century? Does that give it any extra credit? Be, no, not to me, because people have been saying they've seen Bigfoot for ever and ever. But there has there's no physical evidence. You can't, like, look, you can't, besides the Patterson-Gimlin film or another blurry film, Right, you can't. What about Harry and the Hendersons? That's almost. You can't. I think they made that in HD already. Come on, man. They might even have it in 4K now, Joe. What do you want? No. Have you seen a bear? Like I grew up in the woods my whole life. Right, things look weird in the woods. I've looked at stuff in the woods. I'm like, what the hell is that? And you know, sometimes it's a deer like facing a, a weird way, and it looks because it's by a tree. It looks like a man. I've seen bears stand up that look. Like exactly like a Bigfoot, if you look at them a certain way, or our like eyes are very low resolution compared to what they yeah. could be. And if that many damn Bigfoot have been around for that long, right? There has to be some evidence. There has to be the probability of there not being physical evidence is is low. So, what would low. you rank ghosts again? Well, that's a different thing, right? No, no. So, what number? What's the number? What would you rank? Ghost for sure. I'd I'd probably put it a nine. You know. Okay, so ex- explain the difference. It's apples and oranges, though, right? How, a bigfoot how so, is though? physical. How so? Hey, okay, here's here's my version of it. All right, 
and I'm, I'm not stuck to this, but this is the one that has swayed me the most so far. Mm. If you if you were to imagine ghost existed, why don't we have a PT Barnum somewhere out of all the people on the planet that is that has found out how to consistently recreate an experience and just charge money for it because people would spend yeah to see the spe- to see the to, yeah, yeah that, what that was the whole plot of Beetlejuice, right? Well, it was the, to be able to turn that house into like an attraction where you could prove that ghosts existed. And I well, really believe in capitalism enough that someone would oh, have yeah. done that. At some someone point. would have monetized it for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You'd be able yeah. to go in OnlyFans of ghosts right now if they were real. Well, that's what they're trying to do with all these ghost channels and stuff too, right? They're so, trying, like, bro, but it's like the the, the gold digging shows and it's like <laughs> how much i've seen are. apparitions in my life that's why i'm saying a nine i've seen them with my own eyes right right but why but, why hasn't someone been able to capture that is it because they are like a, in a different interdimensional state i don't i think it's that is a high probability but i also think it has a lot to do with the observer and and i also think it has a lot to do with what people call ghosts like ghost people like these are just dead people like going around when you when you enter the astral realm it doesn't matter like earlier we were talking about being stuck between worlds right and but that's so elusive and and people don't stay stuck very long so if you see an apparition more than likely in my opinion it's someone that's either dead that's on their way to pass not somebody that's staying around haunting it or whatever more than likely or uh, it's someone that's sleeping and that's, tra- that's here already traveling out of body and you happen to catch it, you know, because you're at a certain state. What's the possibility that, well, um, let me try and sell you this a little bit. Uh, I do have an agenda here just, just to see if you can change oh, can your mind, tell. not because I even believe yeah. this. Okay. So just so you know that yeah. devil's advocate style, but what if Bigfoot is some kind of a creature that has half of its feet in the, the the nature realm and half of its foot in this you know in between realm of like ethereal beings and that's why no one has would be. bigfoot proof is because he can just jump in and out as he wants to or her or they or them if, the, if it has a physical body and it's been around as long as you say it's been around there should be more solid evidence than the Patterson Gimlin film solid and i wouldn't even call the patterson gimlin film solid right have you ever seen it uh motion smooth where they they've like straightened it out so you can just see them moving without any of the camera hand movement oh what what does it show oh keep keep talking boobies is that what you're talking about you're talking about why you don't believe the the patterson gimlin footage first well i don't i didn't say i don't believe it i said three remember Three means it's a there's a possibility, but three percent believe it. Then not three percent believe it. That's a thirty percent belief that it it's possible. Like, but I'm not convinced personally. You know, like you ha- you don't have me convinced personally. But the I the reason am, I'm showing you this is because I've shown it to some people and it made them more convinced. And I've shown some people and it made them less convinced. So here's thing. the Patterson Gimlin footage. Um, and what I'm about to do is uh, I'm going to show this, but what they've done is they've taken every frame of the entire animation and they've basically like reconstructed the scene from every place. The camera just like right. randomly points at. So when you see it already it play, has a blur around it already, <clears throat> right? Because, because it starts out and it's cropped from the top. So what they've done is they've like recreated the whole background and then they play the video as it would move. So you'll see it. 
So here okay. we go. This is the this is the stabilized Patterson Gimlin film. Do you believe it more or less or the same after seeing the same? I'm not convinced. You're, I'm not so convinced. You're of, uh, three. Mm-mm. No, because stuff, dude, with that's not a software glitch. Is, is that what you're saying? You're saying that's not a software glitch. That's fear that you're seeing. I was, was saying really I'm, just, I'm just trying to get your reaction. I'm, I mean, Gimlin stabilized footage. I think UFOs. I think UFOs and Bigfoot go hand in hand, right? Okay. I think a lot of people say they're seeing they're, it's an unidentified animal, unidentified hairy being in the woods, right? How many of those people are telling the truth? They even saw something. How many of those people did see something? How many? You got to start narrowing it down, right? And if it, once you start shrinking the pie down and you get to the, you can't just throw out logic, you know? Um, even though I, you know, talking about out of body stuff and magic is like crazy, but that's no, honestly, man, this, this know, is why I like talking with you because you dance between those two lines. Similar yeah, you can't. Like I, I try to stay between logic and the like, even this whole magic and out of body stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm right. It's this, these are all my theories, okay? Like, but the Bigfoot thing is almost like the dog man thing. There are people. So I'm not saying that there's not a big crazy dog somewhere that's morphed and it's, but there's five of them attacking a family and you had a gunfight with them and they keep coming back and they're like, come on, man. Like if this stuff is happening and these are physical beings, there should be physical. Well, again, evidence. if they're, if they're like trans dimensional beings, the theory is that when you shoot at them, they can like jump into the other realm as the bullet passes and then jump back in the physical realm. So they okay. just go right through them. So this is where I'll follow you this with a little bit. There's only one guy that I trust when it comes to ufology, Tim Doyle, because he just straight up tells the truth. Everything is, he'll let you know it's military. I don't know. Is he a sponsor one, of Fringe FM? Is this, is that I, uh, no, he doesn't pay us anything, dude. I, I just personally believe in this guy. Okay. Right? Um, but he did capture something on film once in the mountains that seemed to come in and out of dimensions in like in the air. Now it was trippy looking because it was just like a, almost like a, uh, a goldish looking blob that was flying and it just kind of disappeared and came back out and disappeared again. It definitely looked like it was going in and out of something, almost as if you put your finger in the water and the fish are like, Oh, what the hell is that? You know, and they pull it out. Right. Um, when I look at a squid, in the water and I can see what the hell it can do and it's dimension. Then I have to think that there is something there can definitely be something outside of our dimension and we're the fish, you know, but at the same time, like the way the whole Bigfoot thing is, they should have some kind of physical evidence other than Patterson Gimlin, something, a better picture, a better video, you know, not just noises or, or knocks or, you know, and I've had poop. Or a big, yeah, a big bucket of poop. I had, man, I wish I could tell this story. These people are personal friends of mine, but I went to this place in Arkansas where they literally had rocks floating, you know, like these rocks were literally floating and it was real. It was talking about. Yeah. 
It was phenomenal. I took my compass up there. We walked to this hole. My compass is spinning nine different directions. It's a, it's a crystal mine. You know? Okay. PT Barnum question. How come someone's not doing that and charging $20 fee to, to see they do. life? They do. They, they do have people come charge to live there and mine crystals. They take them out to that place to show it to them. They show them, you know, they say, hey, bring your compass. Do you feel different? You know, like it's you have weird. To do it in a specific geographic location. Like, it, is, yeah, like it's in this. Doing it or yeah, is it like, the location that does it? It's the location for sure. It's in this location. Now, what got added on to that location on a TV show was these backlights, strange lights that are normal sky phenomena, if you ask me. Uh, that just kind of light up the sky a certain way. Then Bigfoot gets involved. How does Bigfoot always get involved? We got to be talking of, about Skinwalker Ranch right now. Of, no, it's it's not Skinwalker. But I'll tell you the story it's real fast. So we're walking through the woods, and I'm following this guy, and I'm just amazed that the crystals are floating, levitating, dude. You know, there's there could be a scientific explanation for it, but it's amazing, and they've they got it on film. I was hoping I'd get to see it, but for sure, my compass started going crazy. Were you allowed to like put your place. hand under it and like do all yeah. the David Copperfield? Well, stuff? it wasn't it wasn't floating when I got there, right? But I could, I personally could feel it was like some kind of weird Sounds energetic. Convenient. It does, right? But I felt different when I was there, like different. Like two hundred pound or two hundred like dollars later. Like, Two hundred pounds, maybe not two hundred, but lighter. No, say two hundred dollars right? later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't pay them anything. Okay, but um, but my also my compass was spinning all over the place. I'd never seen it do that before. It was just going like back and forth, back and forth. And this is this can be explained too. There's some kind of phenomenon that does that, but I think that phenomenon can also, if the energy's focused enough, can float crystal, can float rocks. I, I really think it does it just like a magnet can move stuff, you know, but Bigfoots and UFOs got added onto this thing. So we're walking around in the tra these trails. I'm looking for anything, anything paranormal. Now, personally, they've asked me to like bless the property or whatever, because I'm into magic at the time. But I told them, I said, look, if I go around and I do this prayer that I do, this is based on my consciousness and what I believe. And when I do it, it's just going to show me the truth, right? Because that's what I, ask for you know in magic to show me the truth and it does it's funny because later that night we're walking and you know how you hear these stories of bigfoots throwing boulders at you right donkey kong well yeah, yeah like donkey kong they're just throwing rocks and it's got it. so we're walking in the woods and uh, this guy's walking in front of me and we're going down this ravine it's starting to get dark but i can see good at night i told you i grew up in the woods and he purposefully, it looks like he purposefully broke his stride and kicked this branch. And this branch was laid. So the, the ravine's running like this. The branch is laid across it. Okay. At the end of the branch, at the top, is propped up a rock. Okay. So when he trips this thing, a big boulder comes rolling down the hill. Just like this, you know, and he turns around and says, what, what was that? And I said, listen, man, you, your foot hit that stick, and that stick was holding that rock up there. Now, at first, in my mind, I thought it was just a coincidence, and I started thinking about it. I was like, that's a big-ass boulder. There's no way that it just kind of landed there. And this dude's been walking with this stride the whole time, 
and then he hits this thing and he just purposefully kind of takes a half step to make sure that he kicks it, you know? And it was dark enough to where maybe some people wouldn't have saw it, but I saw it, you know? And this is, a, this is an example so, to are me. Are you saying he was finessing you? I think he was finessing me, but, but I don't want to totally accuse him of it because maybe he tripped over the stick. But the, the point is, is that's what I witnessed was someone's consciousness because of a boulder rolling down the hill wanting either himself or me or both to believe that it had something to do with Bigfoot. And he already, they already have an amazing, one of the biggest crystal mines there, one of the biggest phenomena I've ever seen when it comes to like, just, I mean, levitating rocks is pretty cool. Why add the Bigfoot and the UFOs? Why? Everybody adds Bigfoot on top of everything. Like, there's probably a Bigfoot involved. Maybe the the energy bill for the levitating rocks was just getting too high and they needed a new grift. Until I see... Look, I know magic works because I've experienced it. I've been out of body because I've experienced it. I would believe the Bigfoot thing more if there was just any kind of more physical evidence than what we have, you know, I'll, I'll take it at that man. Cause honestly, I find Bigfoot more interesting regardless of it's real or not. If it was real, I mean, it's obviously infinitely more interesting all of a sudden, but even if it's completely fake, I think just the fascination with how long the archetype has persisted across different cultures and, it's something that you could almost mention to anyone and they're like, oh yeah, I've got, I've heard of something like that. And uh, Bigfoot also is almost like the gateway drug to conspiracies in a lot of ways. It's like, yeah. And I, I murder my radio show all the time. This is why I don't have a massive audience because I'm not going to like just start getting into all this stuff. You're not going like, to go yeah, Bigfoot hunting? Real. Yeah. Like I'm people, I will look, dude, I remember one year I said, Bigfoot's bullshit, and I literally lost like three, 4,000 downloads. No, we, we don't Our believe, uh, here at Paranoid American, we do yeah. not believe that Bigfoot's bullshit. We believe in Bigfoot, we yeah. honor Bigfoot. Keep them downloads coming. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, I, th- I think that regardless, that just like Flat Earth, which we're going to leave for next time, like, okay. don't worry, but I want to get you in a little bit more trouble with your girlfriend on this. But just like Flat Earth. Dude, we almost broke up over it once. She gets bad about it, bro. So I I would give it like a zero. You know, I would give it a 0.5. It would be the same chance of you going to hell for reading a tarot deck is that the Earth is flat. But (laughs) it doesn't mean that I find it any less of an interesting theory, even philosophically. And I don't even think that you're necessarily like an idiot or a bumpkin or ignorant. No, there's some, believe it or not. It just, it's, it it comes almost down to faith. It's like, how much faith do you have in modern science and modern education, which obviously lies at every turn that they can. Or just observe nature, man. Just observe nature, everything in nature. Holograms projected. It could be, you know, Israel Regardi says this is like a holographic universe, (laughs) but look, everything in nature, if you let it do its thing, like eventually we'll get into some kind of field and form a ball. It'll form a circle of some like kind. Society. So, like, yeah, it does that. So you're going to tell me that all these planets and all this stuff that are outside of us, what whether the movies is real or not specifically or are forming balls. You know, uh, when we make babies, it forms a ball, like in things in water, they always have this Fibonacci spiral and everything forms a ball in this 3d world, but not this place. It's Lego land here. That's what you're telling me. 
You know, like I don't, I don't buy it, and Are I don't care what. Girlfriend, right now. I, kind of, <laughs> Are you seeing I don't, her here? Yeah, because I'm not brave enough to do it when we're by ourselves. <laughs> you, know? you know what? Let's let's do that next time, bro. Let's just uh, we should like get her on because she's smarter than I am with the math and all this other stuff too. You know. Yeah, so. that honestly, that and that's where I give up because it's if if I'm gonna have to revisit seventh or eighth grade math class just for you to explain it to me, I'm out, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. no, like there, I just give up because it's easier. Like, what's the? She's smarter than me. She's just smarter than me. But there's a there's a thing that's the inside of me, bro. That's like I don't know. You know when you're up against a better brain than you. Right. You just know. Well, and, and if you have to live with that better brain, it changes the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. So. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, but we're going off intuition here. I'm saying that this, this place is round, you know, you get, like I was hoping you get to the moon landing one. Cause people will hate we're, me on that one. We're going to get, we're going to get to that. Uh, honestly, dude, I want to talk to you again sooner than, than it's been here. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's plan for the next one. Um, let go ahead and give another shout out to where people can find you, where they can, you've got a freaking radio show that broadcasts on live air, uh, yeah. on the real radio. So shout that out too, man. We're, we're well, I'm probably one of the only few people on the world that, in the world that does a radio styled. I love radio so much. My podcast is radio styled. So I just created the fringe FM because I liked playing fallout and listening to the radio, you know, the radio stations and the game fallout, you know? And I, lo- I love the intimacy and the real reality, just that real time radio stuff. You know, people call in, whatever. Anyways, fringe.fm is what I'm trying to build in this radio world. I've been doing a podcast called Lighting the Void for a long time, but there's a part of me that just wants to turn it all to Fringe FM and just be done with it. But I've been void walking so long, I, I can't let that go either. I'm always in two worlds, man, you know? You can have to jump, man. You have to pick one. You got to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't have to. I mean, I, I feel like I'm always in like five different worlds. And I'm bro, how many? But, either. Every, there's everybody I know is doing like four or five podcasts right now. And I'm wondering, <laughs> oh, which thing should I do? And then I look at like one or you guys or, you know, and everybody's like, oh, I do this other show and this other thing. It's like, okay, what am I stressing about here? Yeah. Reminder about paranoid programming, a cult book club, a cult Disney. Uh, we got paranoid yeah. pranking now, the paranoid American podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I talk a lot and I'm sorry, dude, I go on rants. So you know, your audience will have to forgive me. This is why you're here, man. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, people find you as, as alluring as I do, man, you've got the radio voice. You've got the whole, the whole jam. We didn't even get to go into how freaking magical you are. So I, I want to definitely well, come on the, on. I want to come on the radio magic. tonight. Can we come do on the radio another one? Yeah, we can. Yeah. All right. Let's let's. So next time you're going to come on, we're going to do flat earth. We're going to do moon landing and we're going to do sigil magic. Does that sound, okay. sound like a plan? Yep. Sure enough. All right, man. You got any other plugs to throw out there? No, just help. You know, we just need, help. we need, <laughs> yeah, we need your help. Dude, we need, we need programmers. We need people that like any, if you can imagine any job at a radio station that you would volunteer for and be like, I might get paid later once this thing is built and you want to be a part of it, come help us. You know, uh, other than that, that's it. Cause I don't really, it's a strong sales pitch. It's an incredibly Thanks, strong sales it. pitch. If it, it's if honest. looking to work for free. <laughs> I know it's, 
We're, we'll, I hope you work on that. It's contingency, <laughs> like my producer for my that does my podcast is the same thing. Like he's think about how this I'm like look on your resume, kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, once the show's big, dude, we'll renegotiate. You know, and he's like, I you got, got you. You got to be fancy. You got to call back end. Oh, we'll give you eight points back end. You know, you got to like. Uh, what do they call it? Get, get Gallup, I think, is when you just. I'm from Arkansas, there. man. I can't talk like that. <laughs> okay. Well, you show me sigil magic next time, and maybe we'll make a sigil that, that we'll test it out, bro. We'll test out some kind of a sigil, and and maybe if uh, anyone picks up on it and they see the the whatever our version of the red ball is, right? Well, we need yeah, oh, we man. need to come up with an experiment that has a variable. We'll do that. For, so for the next one, we'll come up with the experiment, and maybe in a future one. We'll, we'll perform the experiment. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, yeah. when I rewatch this, I'm going to take notes and I'm going to hold you to all these. Dude. We're going to have a full checklist and everything. Just and watch even... Grant Morrison's. You could, you should leave that link in your note, that Grant Morrison thing where he's doing the presentation. And he yeah, it's called uh, Talking thing. with Gods, I believe. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking with God. Yeah. I, uh, I was just talking about this with someone today that Grant Morrison and Alan Moore are like the two most magical dudes in the world of yeah. comics. I mean, I'm I know we're ending the show, but this guy literally told you I put all this stuff in my comic book and they started happening in my life. Even the girlfriends yeah, the, that he the, wanted. The comic know. a comic book as a sigil, and I also yeah. believe shout out Cult Disney Podcast, go check it out, Cult Disney Com. Uh, but I also believe that animations are sigils because what is it but a person sitting down at a desk and drawing the same damn thing like hundreds right. and hundreds of times where it's only changing slightly. And then that thing goes back out into the world and influences people. It's a damn sigil. They're like, you can't convince yeah. me that it's not. Now, is it real? I don't know, but it's a, it's a sigil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. All right, brother. Well, we're going to leave a whole bunch of crew. We've got like a, the next one's going to be a chore. We've almost got like three episodes planned out for <laughs> the next one, right. man. So I'm going to, maybe it'll be a new series, bro. Well, you're looking for the new variants. So let's, let's workshop some names where gotcha. we just do sigil magic. Right on. All right, we'll brother. Figure something uh, out. So, so everyone, this is a brand new comic that should be out by the time you're watching this. Frazzledrip.com. Here's the commercial. <laughs> Frazzledrip Funhouse. Enter, if you dare, the world of an animatronic bear whose metallic heart beats with a thirst for justice, a hunger for revenge. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, connoisseurs of the macabre and seekers of the scandalous. Your voracious appetites for chilling narratives are about to be satiated by the heart-stopping, pulse-pounding creation of paranoid American and winged sun comics. Abandoned in the dusty corners of amusement, now awoken in the murk of wickedness perpetrated by an evil elite. This is not your childhood fairy tale, but a macabre dance of vindication, soaked in crimson, a symphony of screams echoing in the dimly lit chambers of malevolence. Be prepared for an onslaught of ghastly gore and titillating terror. A wicked waltz through twisted hallways and blood-stained basements where only the brave dare to tread. Quake at the bear's unyielding pursuit, cackle at the sharp and sardonic one-liners, shudder at the graphic, gratuitous scenes that harken back to the glory days of B-horror flicks. Frazzledrip Funhouse is your ticket to a thrill ride of terror, a carnival of carnage where the laughs are as loud as the screams. Uncover the truth beneath the rust and the blood, and remember nothing is as it seems. 
Are you ready to step into the frazzle drip funhouse where the animatronic eyes are always watching and vengeance is a game that everyone can play? Get your backer exclusive cover on Indiegogo. For more information, visit paranoidamerican.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.